0: pray that all is well with you and your family all right it is time to get started um we are in week two of the six obligations of the prophet in spiritual warfare last week we covered chapters one and two sort of combine those together to introduce the um content yeah you got time shayla you good um So, you know, I sort of took time. I did the introduction and chapter one, sort of just, you know, rolled it all up in one. Um, But tonight we're going to cover chapter three. I need to hold on. I need to share this. And if you know somebody that's into prophetic studies and teachings and apostolic stuff, you know, go ahead and um, share with them so that they can get in and um, get some of this good stuff. This is good stuff. All right, so we are, um, for our uh, theme scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I covered that a little bit last week. They're not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And y'all hear all that thunder in the background? I, I, there's nothing I can do about that noise, okay? Um, but for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. And if you all have been following me for any particular length of time, I, I have a keen eye for um, analysis analyses and processes and all of that. Um, so it's a gift to look at patterns. As an apostle, we identify patterns. Um, and so uh, even this particular scripture, is, it sets a pattern for warfare, how to do warfare effectively. You just don't jump up in the morning and say, I come against the devil, I bind it loose." There's a process for everything, all right? Let's go ahead and move further. So this week we are talking about um, the prophet reminds the soldier of his assignment. So that's where we're coming from in your books. If you're following along, we're in chapter three. The prophet reminds the soldier of his assignment, because again, I want you to think now in spiritual warfare mode, I want you to think in terms of, um, military strategies and so forth, tactics, tactical warfare, I want you to think along those terms, so that's why I open up with the weapons of our warfare, so I'm speaking to you as soldiers, speaking to you as, um, soldiers in the army, right, in the army of the, um, of the Lord. Bad the, the, the battalions, come on y'all, the, the secret service, and the, the, um, what's the other group called the, um, gosh, I can't think of it, the red berets or whatever—I may be off task. Let me get back in my lane. At any rate, uh, the prophet reminds the soldier of his assignment because sometimes we need to be reminded. We go, we go through life, we go through stuff, and it's not that. And I found this too personally, and with the people that I serve in ministry, is that it's not that we forget, like intentionally forget. It's just that sometimes you can become overwhelmed with life, and you can become. Um, inundated with, like Job, just one thing after the other. And the next thing you know, you have totally forgotten the promises of God. You have forgotten what God has said. You have forgotten what God said he's gonna do. And that's when that um, hopelessness and despair sets in. And so the prophet is gonna remind you, they're gonna jar you and pull you back reel you back in. Thank God. Well, thank you, Jesus. You're a good God. They're going to reel you back in and remind you of your assignment. And they're going to remind you of the word of God. Okay. So the prophet reminds the soldier of his assignment. So let's kind of build through this and walk through it a little bit. So as I was stating throughout the course of life, you're going to go through things, right? Um, We become distracted. We become disenfranchised. Sometimes you look at situations, especially I released a word a few days, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago about many of us have doors on rusted hinges, things that you need God to do. And it just seems like it's taken so long and there's so many barriers and things in the way. And so you can become disenfranchised and you can can literally lose faith and lose heart, right, Uh, to become discouraged, to lose your courage and to um, even have uh, an abandonment. In your faith. And it doesn't make God a liar. Whether we believe God or not doesn't make God a liar. God and his word be the truth. But it can, having a faith crisis when you believe in God for something can hinder you. It can, it can invite spirits to attach itself to you. It can invite spirits to attack the thing that you believe in God for. So it's, it's vitally important that you have within your realm of influence prophetic people. Now, if they're prophets, praise God. But we just want people to hear the Lord, right? If they're prophetic people, they can remind you, Hey sis, remember what the Lord said? Hey bro, be encouraged. I remember the Lord said to you, I remember the Lord told me to tell you, I remember this dream you had and you need that, right? You need that, that camaraderie. You need that partnership. You need that community of support when you're, you're in your battle weary. you know, when you're going through. So um, it's very important. that you understand that you can feel discouraged and it doesn't mean you don't love God. It doesn't mean that you've made a mistake and that God has changed his mind. It's just, you're human and you're having a human experience. You can feel disengaged where you back up. Some of you like, don't just back up, but drop stuff, right? Like you just, you, you, in such a point of um, uh, you know, just hysteria and um, you, you just can't understand what's happening. Like you just combobulated and you're literally like just a forfeit things. Um, That God put in your hands to do because you're so focused on where is God and why isn't this working to where you're not remaining focused on the tasks at hand. And that's the role of the prophet um, to come in and say, hey, pick that thing back up, get back on the battlefield, put some gas in your car, let's go you need somebody like that and at some points in your life it will feel like they're getting on your last nerves like okay here she comes here he goes but that person is assigned by God to be this prophet for you right to be that spokesperson to be that voice of counsel to be that that encourage um uh, inspiration for you. So you're gonna be, you're gonna feel disengaged. You're gonna feel overwhelmed. But when that prophet speaks to us, they're gonna remind us of the promises of God and how God is intentional about fulfilling the His purposes in our life. Everything that God said, God fully intended it to come to pass. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how far fetched it seems. Everything that God said. Um, there's a song that is sung by the Redbud Gospel Choir. Is it? Um, I think, yeah. And the name of the song is um, he. I think it's He Will Do this, Just What He Said. But the lyrics said Every, everything that God said in his word, he will do it just for you. And so that song I used to listen to it years ago because it was that prophet to me where there will be times when the, the prophet is prophesying through song, prophesying through music. So I don't want you to just lock it into, oh, the prophet told me oh I got to find a prophet. You have to allow God to be the creator that he is and use his creative license to um, bring these messages to you. Um, So that's a great segue to understanding how different your messenger and your message may look, your message may not look like my message. My message may come to me in the form of um, some colors, right? Um, I may be believing God for, um, Peace of mind. Let's just say that. I'm believing God for peace of mind. He promised me peace of mind. And then all of a sudden I turn around and there's this big blue car, right? Just like totally not just an ordinary blue car, but like a radiant blue and it pulls up and the, the whole movement and, and the, the whole gist of this car is just totally like, it's just, it's an extraordinary thing. It's not a usual car pulling up. This is something different. And so with that, you have to understand that God is gonna uh, uh, confirm messages to you and, and and remind you of things using a wide variety of messages. So don't get locked into, well, this is the way God has always spoken to me. It's always been in a dream. It's always been through the apostle. It's always been through my little baby boy. You have to allow God to be the creator that he is and let him use these creative methods to convey messages to you. All right. He used... Um, Oh my gosh! I don't want to get into examples because I'll, I'll rabbit trail. I know I will, but I want you to I want you to abandon that faulty thinking that this is the only way that God can do it. He can be very creative. How did God deliver Rahab? He used a red scarlet cord, a red cord, a sash, a belt. So these are ways that when, when Joshua and his armies saw that red scarlet cord, it reminded them to do not in your battle, in your taking down Jericho, that house you don't touch. Right, so um, uh, the the Ark of the Covenant being in the house of Obed-Edom, it was a it was a message. That whole Ark, that whole thing, was a message about the obedience of God, the blessing that comes from the obedience of God, and the blessing in hosting His presence. Okay, so I, I want you to again I, I'm, tonight I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will kind of break the frames off of some of your mindsets in terms of how God moves and who he uses and how this revelation is going to come to me. I want you to abandon the preconceived notions that you have and just let God be creative and look for God, people of God, look for God to confirm his word, look for God to demonstrate his word in a wide variety of ways. So the message may look different. If that message may come, like I said, in a color, there have been times in my life where I have been going through discouragement. We all have been there, right? Some of you, May be there right now. I pray the Lord will encourage you. But there have been times that there was a time I can think of right now that I was really going through a season of discouragement in ministry. I don't think I was to the point where I wanted to just close the doors and walk away, but I was just really, really discouraged. And um, I needed a word from God. I needed to hear from God, right? I needed to be reminded of the promises of God. I needed to know that He hadn't changed his mind, that it was going to be okay. I needed that. And so, you know, I'm accustomed, that's just me, to going to God. I don't go to some people and say, hey, I need a word. Did you hear God? I don't do that. Now, I'm not knocking anyone who does because that may be where you are, right? In your walk, you may be dependent upon someone hearing God for you, but I want to encourage you that you mature and grow to the point to where you are hearing God for yourself. Okay, And so during that point in my ministry, I was really discouraged. I needed a word from God and I needed to hear from God. And I'm just waiting on God. I'm like, I'm looking for him because I knew he had the answer that I needed. And there was a song that came on by Fred Hammond. And the song was, um, oh gosh, what's the name of the song? Um, hmm, All things are working for my good i'm sure many of you have heard it and i have heard that song listen to this i have heard that song hundreds of times i'm sure in the radio in the car on the radio and it didn't move me right it just didn't move me because it didn't have the anointing on it that i needed. you understand what i'm saying there are sometimes, and and i'm really trying y'all to when you have like a lot of word and it's just a lot of revelations it's really, really challenging to stay in one lane. Like I can just go all over the place and then I'm looking at the time and I've kidnapped you for two hours, right? So, but I I wanna say this though, this is why sometimes people have different responses in worship. Whereas one person, a song is released and it doesn't do a thing for them. Like, okay, hurry up, when is the next song? Or I need to get home to catch my chicken or what have you, catch the game. It doesn't do anything for them. Somebody else standing right beside you, that song can have the anointing on it for that season, that they're in, and it can just tear them to pieces. I mean, they're on the floor, they're crying, they're snotting. I mean, they're just a whole Holy Ghost mess, right? Because that in that song was thank you, Keisha. In that song was the anointing, right, to remind them that God is with you, I have not forsaken you, I will never leave you. That song reminded them. Okay, and so we have different experiences based upon where we are. And so with that song by Fred Hammond, um, I had heard it many, many, many times before. But in that particular season of my life, that song was anointed. When I heard it, there was an anointing on that song just for me. And I'm telling you, I cried like a newborn baby because within that song was the healing that I needed because my emotions were all jacked up. I was feeling rejection. I was feeling abandonment, all of that stuff, right? And some of y'all are feeling and you think you're the only one and you're not, Um, you know, and and I was just, I was really in a low, um, I was in a low place emotionally, but that song was my message. It was, it was the prophet right? That song had the spirit of the prophet and it, as Fred Hammond sung and his team sung and ministered, it brought healing to my soul. Okay. So I just want to kind of break out um, you know, when I say the prophet reminds you of your assignment, yeah, the prophet, you can have a human prophet remind you, hey, this is what God is saying. Hey, woman of God, be encouraged. Keisha, hold on. God's about to, your daughter's going to get a full ride to school. Just be, you know, just hang in there. It's going to be all right. Your boutique is, right. I mean, you know, and they'll remind you, didn't God say, didn't God say, right? And, but then there are other, there will be other times when that word won't come like that. And if that's the way that you, you prefix it and you staged that word to come like that, you're going to miss God. You're going to miss God. You're going to be like those people during the time of Jesus's triumphal entry, and they were looking for him on a a stallion, and he came on a borrowed donkey, and it was like, that can't be God, because it didn't come like I looked, you know, like I was looking for it, and so this is how we miss God, right, so let's be, let's be very mindful of that, and then again, the messenger, so I want you to be mindful that your that the reminder of the prophetic word of the Lord can come to you in a message, it can be Let me go back to what I was saying about the blue car. Um, That blue, because the the color blue represents peace. It represents the heavenlies, represents revelation, right? So again, if I'm believing God for healing in my mind, and all of a sudden, like right after I finish praying that prayer, right? Because you watch and pray. Ooh, that's another nugget I got to give y'all real quick. Some of you are praying, but you're not watching your prayers. And so you're not cognizant of what God is doing in the midst of your prayer. You have to pray and watch, and then you have to watch and you have to pray. Don't just pray and get up and I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen, and then you go on and be great. Watch your prayer. Watch things shift. Watch movements around you because you're going to see heaven um, manifesting itself in the earth realm to bring about that thing that you believe in God for. So watch for signs and wonders, okay? So when I finish praying, um, you know, I'm just giving you an example. So say, for instance, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got confusion. I need clarity of mind. I've got all of this stuff going on. And then all of a sudden, this blue car pulls up and just like out of the blue, right? Literally out of the blue. And it just parks in front of me. Now, being that I understand prophetic revelation, I understand the protocol in the realm of the spirit To me, that's not just an ordinary blue car. To me, that is a sign that heaven has heard me. That is a sign that peace is coming, right? Because I'm gonna look at that blue and the symbolism, the prophetic symbolism of that color is gonna speak to me. For somebody else, it may be yellow, right? Yellow can represent the glory of God. Yellow represents joy. I've taught on that years ago um, about how to distinguish and how to um, discern between prophetic symbolisms and colors and and animals and all that good stuff. so, but you, what I'm saying is people of God, you don't, don't box God in. You gotta, you know, that's why Jesus, when he came, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He wasn't telling people to say, I'm sorry. Okay. Cause we're going to always be saying, I'm sorry for things because we're human and we do dumb stuff, but there he to repent means to change your mindset or to return to the original mindset, which is the mind of Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. That was the original mind, the Adamic mind that God gave us back in the days of Edom, the mind to create, the mind to procreate, the mind to have authority. And so when Jesus came on the scene and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it was a clarion call for the people of God to turn from all the ways of the forefathers and the customs of the land and renew your mind so that you can think the thoughts of Christ. You can uh, speak the the language of Christ. You can understand the things of the kingdom, the language of the kingdom. And so that was what that was all about. It wasn't about, saying. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord, I forgive me. Yeah, you definitely got to repent. We got to do that. But I'm talking, I mean, uh, excuse me, um, you know, confess our faults and ask for forgiveness. But I'm talking about the mindset to repent is to have a, 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 a um, paradigm shift in the way you think. I'm still cracking eggs with that one, right? Because it's hard <laughs> to get people to change their ways. And that's why Jesus has so much warfare because folks were set in their ways and this is the way it's always been done and we don't eat without washing our hands and we don't rescue people on the sabbath and so they warred against him because he brought change okay so again let me let me rest on that point um the message can be in the form of a symbol can be in the form of a song a color a thing uh, it can be in the form of a scene on a TV i'm just saying I, you know it it, it, it varies guys don't box god in and then the messenger can also vary you'll find throughout scripture uh the messenger came either the lord himself came in a theophany and i'm going to give you some examples in a little bit um animals were speaking right and they were reminding god like that donkey balaam's donkey was trying to save his life like you gonna forgot you don't bump your head or you getting ready to, you about to lose your head right and so it was an animal the the roosters Warn Peter so again people of God, this I'm telling you this this God that we serve he's so amazing people of God you it's just I'm telling you you can't you can't you know the word said this this knowledge is just too wonderful for me I cannot attain it to him. he is a. Um, this is we serve an amazing God and he's not just our God but he's our father right we have relationship with him so in re- being reminded of your assignment Bear in mind, it may not be you standing in the conference with your hand up, waiting for the prophet to tell you you're going to be great and go to the nations and get your passport and get a new car. That is the lowest level of prophecy, and I think I talked about that last week, or I don't know, I talked to somebody about it. That's like the lowest God sorry. because He said, Siri, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble here. See, here she's trying to take the pulpit for me tonight, and we're just not gonna have that and put you in charge. So, um, so Lord, where was I? So, you know, you're you you you're waiting for somebody to tell you you're going to get a new car. You don't need anybody to tell you that you need a, you know, when you need a new car, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you know how to get a new car. You either save up or you finance it. It's not that hard. And so, but because we're so in love with material things, that's what we gravitate, gravitate toward. And praise God, I'm going to get off of that one. So the next point I want to bring to your attention is I want you to watch um, the spirits of those that we are sent to minister to. Now, if you're the one ministering and and giving prophetic ministry, I want you to watch. Matter of fact, I don't just want you to watch. You have an expectation. God expects you to watch over that person, um, especially if you are their assigned prophet. Now, let me say this. You can have a prophetic gift and be called a prophet, and that's wonderful, right? Because you're prophesying, and you're prophesying, you got prophetic stuff going on. In the New Testament, though, there is a distinguishing... um, ranking right none of us are over one another but we have different we all have our lanes and things we, we work on and so in the new testament prophet to be a in the five fold is a government type of prophet and I, um in one of my books i talk about this i can't remember which one but i talk about the different types of prophets the courthouse the court prophet and praise god um, so but at any rate if you may be the one assigned to watch over this person's life for example those of you who are parents you are your child's first prophet. You're that one speaking life. You're that one giving them instruction. You're that one encouraging them. You're that one guarding and guiding them. You're their first prophet, right? And so with that, yes, you watch over your child. The Bible talks about the, um, the, um, the son that um, left home, right? What did his father do? His father rem- looked can t- continue to look in the same direction where his son went, similar to what we talked about with Abraham standing in the tent door. So, you know, you if there may be times when God gives you, allows you to release a word, and then He he, he places you on assignment with that person. That doesn't always happen. But it can happen often, where you are releasing a word to someone, and then you are also assigned to them to walk beside them as they manifest that process in their life. Um, That's not always the case, but I'm just saying you want to be aware. Because if that's your assignment to release a word and to also help walk that person through and you abandon them, then we talked about what happened with Deborah and Barack last week. It can cause some rift, right? Some you you can have some casualties. Why? Because you have what that person needs to stand in the day of battle. And if you abandon them because you don't understand or you don't want to, then that person, we talked about 2 Corinthians 10, 4, can endure some warfare that they're not necessarily equipped for. have to be mindful of that, that there may be times when God gives your word for someone. And it's not just, I hear the Lord saying, man of God, woman of God, all right, be blessed in Jesus name. And you walk on and, and keep walking. But there may be times when you have to connect with that person. You know what? The Lord has shown me this about you. Um, I'm going to give you my phone number so we can talk. Right. And so you, you, you will feel it. It will be a natural, um, kind of flow, it won't be anything forced. I'm telling you right now, God is not the author of confusion. If it's it's forced, it's not God, right? So you will feel a natural flow. Let me give an example um, of Samuel. When Samuel, when Saul was looking for his father's donkeys and um, God, it was a setup, right? Long story short, Samuel entertained Saul, took him to dinner and all that good stuff. And then he felt from that point, he was con- he 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 was uh, connected and listen married to Saul's assignment, okay. So I'm gonna touch on in a little bit, but I gotta hit it now because I'm right here. But pro- that's this is why prophets are people of community. And so this is why there's an issue when you have prophets who say, well, you know, the Lord has me in the woods. He has me in the cave. Well, who's who's how can God use you as a prophetic minister? And you're in the cave all day long. You're in the woods. You somewhere, you know, come on, somebody <laughs> eating locusts and wild honey. We need we need you to come on out of there. Right. And get in position so that you can be a help to the people of God. All right. So when when Saul was looking for his donkeys, what have you, God gave Samuel the revelation. Samuel took Saul to lunch, to dinner, put set him at the highest seat, prophesied to him, told him he was going to be king. Right. And then he, you know, Saul was like, who, me? So Samuel's like, yeah, you. And then after it was all over and done with, Samuel said, oh, yeah, by the way, your father's donkeys are over here. Right. And so he helped Saul finish that work at his dad's house. That's a whole nother point is people are running to different assignments and vocations and occupations and all these other Asians, and you have not finished your work, Elisha Finish his work. He told Elijah, let me go back and and, and kiss my parents. And Elijah said, What have I to do with you? Go ahead. I, you know, I gave you the word. It ain't my job to, to, to babysit it for you, right? And y'all know Elijah was kind of going through some emotional things at the time. And Elisha did. He made good with his dad, his family, his people. And he went back and he caught up with Elijah. But I'm, I'm just showing you that, um, you know, many times when you're releasing a word to someone, you're married to that person's assignment. Oh, this is a lot, y'all. And I have—I'm not even done. I've got slides. I'm not even done. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm not even halfway through. God gracious. So with Samuel, he was assigned to Saul, and so that's why it hurt Saul so much. Excuse me, Samuel, when Saul kept going against, like he was like, dude, you know what I'm saying? Like this can't be that difficult for you to understand what God is telling you to do. Like it just can't be that hard. So it's like why are you complicating something that is so simple and we do it all the time so you will uh, you will feel it on um, people of god you will not feel pressed don't let anybody tell you the lord say you my prophet the lord. no no uh-uh. you say that that's not what the lord said because there's not a check in my spirit my bill is not leaping and there's no connection at all it's just you wanting a friend and that ain't what we're doing right so you you have to be mindful of that for those of you who are ministering in prophetic ministry those of you who are prophets right um brother you are um court place prophets or, or whatever peripheral prophets or your government prophets you you need to know that okay you need to know that's why you got to study to show yourself approved and you i'm telling you, you need to get under some good bible teaching because you need to know this stuff so that you can flourish and use that gift that you have effectively so let me summarize that point try to move on is samuel when he he found when god told samuel Saul is coming. He's going to be the next king and all of this stuff. Samuel followed that, right? Saul, did. he was oblivious. He didn't know what was going on, but he didn't fight Saul either. You see what I'm saying? So it wasn't like, oh, God said, nope. Did God said, let me pray. Let me ask, the devil is at you? He felt so, so submitted to that. There was no fight there. And so you will know that when you're releasing words to someone, you're ministering words to them um, and, and, and you'll feel when there's a, a, a knitting of your souls together. Right. Um, but check this out. This is not till death you your part. It's only until that assignment is finished. Do not listen to me. <laughs> do not allow people to hold you in their life till Jesus comes. Know when that assignment is completed because this is not a buddy system. That's why you got. That's why you got it. All that preparation, all that prayer, and all that deliverance, and all of that stuff. If you got abandonment issues or you got uh, orphan spirits and stuff, you have to be careful because you'll attach to somebody and you will you will contaminate the purpose of that whole thing. And now instead of you being in, a, in a, on assignment for them, you're buddies and pals. Y'all going out to eat. Y'all at the club. I mean, and you you've totally just you totally yeah, Michelle. It's seasonal. You have to know that, right? You have to know that. And then when the season ends, it ends in peace. It's not, oh, oh you're going now? Mm, okay, all right, all right. It's not like that. You, you, that person will be mature enough to walk into what God has called them to do, and you will be released to walk towards your next thing, y'all. It's in the, what, Second Kings? It's in the word of God, okay? And so, what grieved Samuel is that he knew that process was not done with Saul, but Saul refused to comply. That That's a whole nother message. Praise God. Um, If you, let me just say this, because I can't not say it. If you are on assignment in someone's life, as their seasonal prophet, like Michelle said, or you may be their leader, or you may be whatever you are, right? That is not just cause for them to abuse you. They're taking, taking, kind of like Lot and Abraham, right? They're taking, 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 taking. You're giving, 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 giving. The Lord said an unbalanced weight is an abomination, but a just way is his delight. And so Apostle Paul said it like this. He said, if I, he said, if you are partaking of my spiritual things, I should partake of your natural things, right? And so there should be a, a, a mutual a mutuality there. It's not all taken and taken, and, and that's what Saul was doing. Saul just took, oh, come on and worship with me because he knew Samuel had the, the uh, reputation and, and all that pomp. And Saul wanted that because Saul was still dealing with rejection. Ooh, that's a lot. So it was, it, it it frustrated Samuel because Samuel knew what God wanted. Samuel knew what God said. And Samuel tried after try after try, and it just didn't work. It did not work. Samuel was so brokenhearted because listen, he was truly, I hear you, Lord. He was truly committed. He was truly married to that work. You understand what I'm saying? He was truly married. If, if, oh, hmm. Can I say it, Lord? You can tell whether you are in an authentic relationship. And I don't mean like, I'm not talking about romantic. This is all spiritual right now, okay? You can tell whether you are in or have been in in an authentic relationship if when 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 it dissolves prematurely, right? Because Saul and Samuel's relationship dissolved prematurely. Samuel was supposed to help walk Saul out to his destiny and help him be great. Saul could be great. So it was heartbreaking for him, right? And and the reason why Samuel was hurt is because he was truly married. And there are some people who are not married to their assignments, they're dating or courting their assignments, right? They're not in it to win it. And so when the relationship prematurely dissolves, they can walk on and walk on, right? And it was the person who was it's like a divorce. It's like a grief. One of my spiritual daughters talked about grief in one of our newsletters. It is a grief and you grieve over that because it was ripped away before it was time. Oh, I don't know why I went and did all of that. So, um, so same thing happened with Elijah and Elisha, right? Elijah went down, called Elisha. It was mutual. Elijah said, "Yeah, I'm coming, but wait a minute, right?" Went back. Elijah said, "What have I had to do with you?" But Elijah caught up. Elijah didn't have to go back and look for him. They were. It was a mutual understanding that I am submitting to, submitting to you for the work that God has called me to do. And as Samuel, excuse me, as Elisha continued to submit to Elijah, then the anointing and that was uh, resident upon um, Elijah, it, it, uh, um. Elisha received the impartation. Got a lot of names in my head, y'all. Elisha received the impartation, a double impartation. Elisha had what God gave him, right? Because he was a good steward. That's a whole nother message. Elisha had what God gave him as a good steward. But on top of that, he had what Elijah, and I'm just going to say forfeited because some of that stuff, he forfeited, okay? But anyway, so this is why you would find the sons of the prophets saying to Elisha, hey, you know your father is going to be taken away from you. They recognize, now listen, people of God, all the prophets at all the different five schools of prophets were submitted, quote unquote, to um, Elijah. They were all submitted to Elijah, but Only only it was only toward Elisha that they said, you know, your father's going to be taken away from you. Your man of God is going to be taken. So they were not married to that work as Elisha was. And that's why Elisha received the double mantle. And even Elijah tested him and said, you know what? Stay back. Right. And Elijah was like, oh, not so. Right. No, sir. And he continued to follow him. And of course, we know that he received the double portion. That's how that works, right? You don't just get in a prayer line and, oh, you got a double portion. You can't find Bible for that. And don't let people lie to you and deceive you and trick you at the altars. Like that's that's unscriptural. un. It's ungod. <laughs> that's not, just stop it. You don't do that. Okay. Moving right along. So you have to watch the spirits. If you're that one that's sent to be on assignment in somebody's life, your job is to watch over them, okay? That's your job until they step like the Bible, says, until they reach the fullness of Christ, right? Until they grow, until they mature, until they can get off the training wheels and off the the handlebars and they can do their own thing, then you can be released to go and minister to your next person or what have you. That's if you're in that, you know, the more mature saints and your God is assigning you to someone. Now, if you're that person to whom somebody has been assigned, your job is to let them do their job. Can the church say amen? Your job is to let them do their job. What did the Bible say? I think it's Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Honor those that are over you in the Lord so they can do it with joy and not with grief because it will not be what, profitable for you? It was not profitable for Samuel to report to God what Saul did. It grieved him. It grieved him, people of God. So it was not profitable. As in, And on the other hand, uh, it was profitable for Elijah and Elisha. The chariots came and they said, whoa, here comes the the um, char- the, um chariots of Israel and his horses or whatever. And the glory, God, co- that's so beautiful. God coronated the whole thing. That brother pick up that mantle, hit the waters and say, where is the God of Elijah? And the seas begin to part. Oh, I feel the presence of God. Why? Because he endured the process, y'all. He, he, he submitted to the process. Even though people were trying to discourage him, Oh, well, you know, he's gonna leave today. He says, Shut up. I mean, let me tell you, I gotta go back and read this and look at the emotions that Elijah, Elisha had. And can I just say this as a behaviorist, that you can tell Elisha was feeling, he was grieving even before Elijah left. Oh, God, I feel you, Jesus. Ooh, this is good, y'all. The anointing, I'm telling you, my face is on fire. Like I can feel, I can feel the power, the fire of God on my face. But you can tell that Elisha was battling inwardly, you know, some, some, something. (laughs) He was dealing with something. You understand this. Let's put meat on the bones with Elisha for a minute. Okay. And, and, and understand this man left everything. He was a a, a well-to-do, well-off business. He was plowing 12 yoke. Come on, somebody, 12 yoke oxen. He was very well off. He had a loving, close-knit nuclear family. And he abandoned that. Follow. Where, where we are going? I mean, I'm I'm so on fire, y'all. I'm sweating. He the, he he abandoned that for the work. Somebody else is going to catch this. And then once he commits to the work, listen. He's serving a man who's grumpy. He's tired and he's ready to go home and be with Jesus. But he understands, kind of like Ruth and Naomi, he understands that no matter how much this man offends me, because there was some offense in that, if you see how Elijah talked to Elisha. So even as a prophet, you gotta watch, oh boy. Even as a prophet, you have to watch your emotions. I know I do all the time, that's why I just get quiet. Like, please just don't nobody talk to me, right? Because, you know, and and, and when we get to our August um, study or September, the burden of prophetic ministry, when you talk about the burden that prophets carry, you know boy that's something anyway elisha was battling his own emotional stuff from abandoning his family never he never saw them again okay let's just say that he never saw his family again and here he is submitting to a man who's ready to go home be with jesus he's sick of the sons of the prophets because obviously none of them were committed to the work wholeheartedly that's why he had to go outside the circle and find elisha hello somebody if they were the ones that, thank you, thank you, thank you, Michelle. If they were the ones that, if they had it in them to carry that work that Elijah had, why would God send Elijah all the way to Elisha's house and and, 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 <laughs> and make this man close his business, leave his family? This is what I'm trying to tell y'all. So you have to understand the sacrifices that Elisha um paid. Elisha paid the sacrifice to follow Elijah. He, I mean, he left everything behind to follow this assignment. And so even in that, he was serving and Elijah, by this time, he's, he's, you know, he's going through some stuff. Come on, he battled the real Jezebel, not the spirit of Jezebel, the real Jezebel, okay, the flesh and blood version. So that's a lot to undertake. You know, he's got suicidal stuff. He's got all kinds of damaged emotions going on, but yet he's still committed. Now, come on, somebody, just because you're going through stuff doesn't mean that you can't do the work. You just may not have a whole lot of free time beyond that, right? When you look at Elijah, Elijah went around and he checked on all those schools of the prophets before he went home to be with the Lord. He checked in on him. He made sure they were okay, gave them final instructions. And guess what? Elisha was there because he was the, the um, successor and he was going to carry on the, the, the um the, the the work of overseeing all the, all of the schools and so here he is he's looking at Elijah he's getting ready to go you already know he's packing up he's about to leave right you're looking at the sons of the prophets the folk that can't praise God we read about one son of the prophet this man died and left his family in debt like how are you gonna be a prophet and leave your family in debt I mean I mean didn't you know I'd be like praise God so clearly they had the title Uh, But they were not operating in that to the point where God would say, yes, you can carry and go into the next level. They did not have it. And so you can even see among prophetic ranks that there are ranks. Okay, You have the, the, house, the, the house of um, the school of uh, prophets at uh, um, uh, Bethel and, and Jericho, and I, I can't recall those places right now, but they were strategically placed, but none of them had within that school or gathering or company of prophets. Not one of them had a person who can stand up and say, okay, Elijah, I'm ready to take on, take after you. No one had that. So I want you to put that on for size too. I want you to understand what was going on with Elijah. You mean to tell me I spent all this time teaching y'all, training y'all, and I got to go down this road and find a man to follow me. And he's got to go kiss his daddy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just not a good day for Elijah, right? It was not a good day. And so the people are telling Elijah, your man of God is going to be taken away from you today. I'm still talking about the prop, that assignment. I want you, I'm taking my time because I want you to understand how this works. So you'll know how it works and you, you, you can comply. Okay. Um, so, so when Elijah gets ready to go, right. And when the chariots come and God comes and I mean, you're talking about an escort, right? And he said, my father, my father, and the chariots of Israel, Elisha's heart was broken y'all. I know we talk, oh, we got a double mantle. I got I'm an Elisha prophet. This Elisha, oh, I feel you, God. Jesus. Elisha was a broken-hearted prophet. He was a broken-hearted prophet. He cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel. He understood that despite what Elijah, Elijah, was going through, he was still the chariot of Israel. He still held he was at the helm. He still had the uh, spiritual authority, even though he was going through some emotional things, y'all. That's so deep. You got to read that because I'm taking way too much time, but I, I hope you get what I'm saying, okay? So I, I I want you to understand what that relationship looks like. It has to be mutual. I'm not saying it's going to always be peaches and cream. Clearly, <laughs> Saul and Samuel had problems. Clearly, Elijah was trying to leave Elisha and Elisha was like, oh, don't even try it, right? So there, it, it wasn't all um you know, unity and all of that stuff. So, and so you gotta come on y'all, you gotta understand that even in churchdom, you're gonna have disagreements and misunderstanding that we're just humans we're human. It just, it happens. No two people get along all the time on everything. That's just life, right? And so the quicker you learn how to navigate through that, the better able you are to hold on to whoever this person is or to whatever this assignment is so you can get what God has for you, okay? And you don't end up forfeiting years and seasons and all kinds of stuff because you just can't understand why they didn't call you back. I mean, come on now, you know? So, whew, boy, I tell you, so, you, so you're going to make sure that they are aligned in the will of God. You know, again, if you see them slacking out, come on now. You know, you used to be a worshiper. I need you to put your hands up in the air. Tell God, thank you. I need you to let the Lord know how much you love them. They're going to remind you, right? Prophets are people of community. Again, you don't have no business out in the woods, wandering around. You know, come on now. We need you in the body. We need you in the church. We need you in the corporate settings. We need you. Prophets are people of community. Now I understand there will be times when you need to embrace and there will be times when you refrain from embracing, but you hear what I'm saying? It's cyclical. You just don't get to refrain from embracing and then you don't never come back. You have to come back. Okay. And if you wondered, the Lord is saying you need to come back. So so that you can finish your purpose. You can't finish your purpose out there in the woods and that wherever, being mad or being sad or whatever you're going through, you can't do that, okay? (laughs) You gotta get profits of people of community. All right, so you must be accountable to the Holy Spirit, right? um be accountable this is for the messenger all right you are the messenger you are to be accountable to the holy spirit why because that person that you're assigned to is probably gonna get on your nerves (laughs) i'm just saying they're gonna you because you know you receive the framework of what god is saying for that person and some of their actions and behaviors may go against everything god is saying and it'll be on you to reel that person back in and have those conversations. That's what Nathan was. David had two prophets. He had Nathan and, well, he had three. He had Nathan, he had Gad, and he had Samuel. Samuel started him out and then Nathan and Gad, right? And so what Nathan's job, remember when he fell with Bathsheba, Nathan was the one that said, hey, let me bring you back. God didn't bring you to, uh, through all of this stuff for you to go sleep with somebody's wife. Now, come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? So it was his job. It was Nathan's job to bring David back. And Nathan used the wisdom of the Holy Spirit because what David's sin had so separated him from God, he wasn't hearing God. And the last thing you want to do is try to bring correction to somebody who's not hearing God. They will fight you. okay? they will fight. They will make you their enemy. And the words that have I become your enemy now that i tell you the truth, they will make you their enemy because they're not hearing God. They're walking in their flesh, walking in their feelings or what have you. And so when you are assigned to someone and they're walking out of alignment and walking in disobedience, you have to be uh, submitted to the Holy Spirit to know how to bring that person in. The Bible says, he that wins souls must be wise. You got to know how to bring that in. You can't just call him, hey, I didn't see you in church. Where you at? Uh, The blood of Jesus, disobedient heart has, you can't do that. (laughs) Now you may be feeling that, that means you need to pray and get all of that stuff out of your system before you make that phone call. Hey, sis, I didn't see you today. What's going on? You know, God is moving your life. I see breakthroughs all around you. Come on, baby. Come on now. Let's get it. Right. So you have to use the wisdom of the Holy Spirit um, when you are ministering to people that you're assigned to. You cannot crush their spirit. Uh, Nathan did not crush David's spirit because he understood you may be in error, but you're still God's anointed right? And so he was very careful about that. Um, so we are responsible for whom the Lord has assigned to us for mentoring and training and fathering and all of that good stuff. Um, when the people grow weary, because they will grow weary, right? Um, it's the prophet's job, the messenger's job to undergird them with, um, with strength. Somebody come get Benji. It's the prophet's job to um, undergird them with strength. Um, stand with them. Encourage them, and this is what this is what Deborah did. This and turn it up. I'm I'm telling you, I'm so hot in here. It's not even fun. Um, that's what Deborah did. She she stood with him, right? Um, when when um Israel won the battle against I think Miraz Miriam, the prophetess, came out with the tambourine and come on y'all let's worship come on let's give god some glory let's give god some praise right she was the one who reminded the people let's return that praise. let's return the glory and let's return the honor to the great king so there will you're going to have to um you know get to a place where you're able to encourage people and 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 pull them sometimes push them sometimes and you got to know when you need to push and when you need to pull because you can't pull when you need to push and you can't push when you need to pull So you have to hear God. And this is where the maturity comes in. You can't be, I'm just sick and tired now. I didn't call her five times. Where he at? I'm sitting here waiting for, you got to get out of the flesh. So it's going to take maturity. It's going to take being seasoned in the things of God so that you don't cause conflict, right? And you don't abort your assignment because like with Jonah, one and done. God was like, you know what? Thank you. It, it It was nice. It wasn't real nice, but you're fired. And you can keep the title. Right. You have somebody leave a job and you keep the you keep the the, the, um, key card. Um, I can't tell you how many hotels we've left and I've got all the key cards. Right. So, yeah, you no longer a registered um, guest, but you still have a key card. It just doesn't work. Right. So just know that, um, you know, we have a kingdom to advance. We got a God to glorify and we got to get this work done, people. All right. So Judges chapter six, verse 14. This is the Lord talking to Gideon. It's a conversation and I'm just kind of showing you what that reminder, what that message message can look like. The Bible says, and the Lord um, looked upon him and said, go in this your might and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent you? So that question at the end was a reminder, like God was repeating himself. I did not tell you. If you've ever told your children, did not tell, he's fine. it's locked. As long as he's over there, he's fine. Thank you. He's on some other stuff. He misses daddy. Um, did not tell you. I've already told you this. So, you know, what's the problem? And he's telling him, go in this your might. So he's not just telling um, Gideon to go he's already told Gideon to go. And the reason why Gideon hasn't gone is because he saw his own strength as being little. You see in scripture, you have just a little strength, right? Or your strength is small. And so there's some people who have small strength, has nothing to do with their love for God. They just have a little strength. And so then what is the Lord saying? Hey, did not, you know, go in this, go in the might that you have. You may be assigned to someone and they're feeling like, man, this, this test is just too big for me. This warfare is just too big. And your word to them may be, uh, haven't you fought battles before? Haven't you, hasn't the Lord brought you out before, right? And so you reminded reminding them that they already have within them what they need to be successful. And so that's what God was telling him. He said, go in this your might and you will save them. So he's prophesying, you're going to save, you're going to win. You're going to be okay, son. Go and use what you have. Use what you have and you're going to be all right. Didn't I already tell you this? So again, sometimes our, our um, faith crisis where it looks like God is promising you something and it seems like every devil, every unemployed devil is standing in your way trying to block you. And it will cause you to back back and it cause you to retreat and cause you to feel discouraged and, and sometimes self-sabotage. And then that, uh, that prophet, that messenger will come and say, woman of God, come on now. You know, God, has God ever lied to you? Has he ever, y'all ever seen the color purple? Has he ever, right? Has he ever lied to you? When was the last time God let you down? When was the last time God let you go without a need? When was the last time God didn't bring coverage to you? And so it's your job. And I see you encourage it. It's your job to build that person up, right? To build them up on their most holy faith so that they can believe God and that they can take this mountain. And so he told him, I've already told you, you can do this. I need you to come on, right? The battle is already yours. And I feel like that's what the Lord is saying to many of you here um, listening at me. The battle, some of you, you got, you got, you got, I mean, I see some of you like in the fire. Some of you are literally, I'm just seeing fire in front of me. Uh, I've been seeing fire all night, but some of you are like literally in the fire. And it just seems like, you know, when is my relief? When, when will I get a break? And God is saying, you know what? There's not a break coming right now. But, you know, you don't need it. Why? Because you have everything you need to sustain in this battle. You already have the win. You just need to press toward the mark. You, you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. You need to remain focused. You know, you need to receive encouragement from the, from the messages and messengers that God has sent to you. Receive encouragement. And you need to keep your eyes focused on me and be reminded of what I told you. You're going to be okay. I've brought you through things before. I'm the same God. I don't change. Right? I am with you. If I have promised you this mountain, I'm going to give you this mountain. If I promise you this Canaan, this land of promise, I'm going to do what I said. Am I a man that I can lie? Am I the son of man that I should repent? My words don't change. So we have to be reminded. Yes, the warfare is going to be strong, but it's mighty what? Through God. On your own, you cannot win. You cannot fight. You will fall by the wayside. But through the power of God and through the might of the Holy Spirit, you will win. It has already been established. God has established that promise for you upon the floods. Come on. When he was speaking to the earth and telling the earth to separate, telling the water to separate from the earth, he was speaking forth your promises. God is not making up stuff. I can say that all the time. God is not making up stuff as we go along, like, hmm, wonder how we're going to do this for her. It's already been, it's forever, forever settled, right? Settled. That promise is settled. The breakthrough is settled. The deliverance, it is settled. It's done. You got to walk it out to get to that point. All right. Let's try to move on. So follow your prophecies, remind, be, be, put yourself in remembrance. Um, Here goes Timothy, Paul, Apostle Paul, talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. This is the NIV version. And he says in 1 Timothy 1.18, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by following them, you may fight the good fight. So here you have Apostle Paul, one who truly knows the art of warfare, right? He's speaking to his spiritual son. And he's telling them, he said, look, I'm going to instruct you real good. I want you to do warfare. With every prophetic word I have spoken over your life, or that God has released into your life, that's what—that's you, your weapon—is the promises of God. Some of you right now, you need to know that your weapon is the promise of God. That's your weapon. Well, I need a new sword. No, yo, my weapon is the promise of God. I'm gonna fight with the promise of God. I'm gonna fight with the victory in uh, in view. It's already done. I'm not fighting from an earthly standpoint. I'm fi- listen. I, I'm fighting heavenly view, y'all. I'm fighting downward. I, I I'm a, I'm a prophetic archer and I'm, I'm releasing my arrows right I know where the target is I know where my breakthrough is and I'm going to get it I'm going to get it and I will not be distracted i will not be uh, I will not be dismayed I will be, I will trust in the name of the Lord and so he's telling him I want you to fight with these promises and then fight he said, and fight a good fight my God so here you have apostle again reminding him, Okay. And, and apostle Paul was a prophet as well. He's reminding him, he's saying to this soldier, you're going to have to fight. And sometimes you find people that when they receive prophetic words, I don't know, they get some kind of amnesia, like, oh, I'm just waiting on the Lord. That is like the worst thing you can say. (laughs) Like, what do you mean waiting? Like waiting, like standing still waiting because the waiting in Isaiah chapter 40 is a serving kind of waiting. It's not the same thing. Right. So, um, you know, what are you doing while you wait? Like, what is that? What does your weight look like? So he's he's telling him that you know, you've got these words over your life, and you're gonna be a you're gonna be a powerful man of God. You're gonna continue the work that I have done. You're gonna raise up sons and daughters, you're gonna establish churches. And so when the enemy fights you, right? Because Timothy was young. But he had the word in him. And so he said, when the enemy came, he said, when I depart, wolves are gonna come in and they're gonna bring these damnable heresies and seditions and all kinds of stuff. They're gonna come in. He's telling them what's gonna happen. He's telling him, right? But he said, look, you're gonna be strong. You're gonna be courageous. And you're going to be a chief, you're a great apostle. You're going to raise up sons and daughters. You're going to plant churches. You're going to, you know, you're going to preach to, to foreign nations. And, you, and you, kings are going to bow down before you and accept Jesus Christ. I mean, he's building him up. And he's saying to him, don't get focused on the warfare. Focus on the promise. Fight with the promise in mind. So he's telling the emerging apostle, keep the prophecies given to him. Um, Apostle Paul was Timothy's father in the faith. And listen, remember, I talked about that mutual thing going on. It was was Timothy's assignment to submit to Apostle Paul as it was Apostle Paul's assignment to cover, mentor, train, father, encourage, edify, equip, raise up Timothy. It worked together. It's not one person doing all the pouring and and oh thank you and you run it doesn't work like that it I like the way William Murphy says he said it it, it works he said it only works when we do it together I love that. It work, It only works when we do it together. So he was a father to him and it was his responsibility to keep Timothy reminded. And so that's what sometimes these fathers and these mentors and fathers non-gender, okay? It just means that you can um, um, reproduce sons at the covenant. And so, you know, it's, it's your job to say, look, I you know, I, God is not done with you yet. I know you're going through a season of, of, of conflict right now, but, you know, receive healing, receive strength remember what God said, and, and, and they won't let you get a pass, and that's why I said earlier that sometimes it may be some friction between, because you, you're like, I just want to, just leave me alone, right, just leave me alone, let me just get in my bed and cry, let me turn everything off, I'm getting on social media, and you just want to have that whole pity party thing, and that prophet is like, you done, <laughs> right, it was kind of like how, how the Lord did, um, Elijah on the mountain, he's like, I'm the only one laughing, you know, and, and, and they seek my life to kill me, and the Lord was like, go on anoint uh go get Jehu and then I want you to go get like the Lord didn't even respond to um, to to Elijah I'm not saying he didn't hear him he heard him but that's irrelevant like those are your feelings like you will always have feelings right we're not trying to preach to your feelings um feelings are fluid they change so I'm not trying to I'm not I'm trying to deal with your spirit.. <laughs> went down the wrong pipe. So, um, <clears throat> it was Apostle Paul's responsibility to remind, um, Timothy of these promises. And he says, uh, let me see what I put in my notes. Timothy reminded, he reminded Timothy of the word of God concerning his life, right? Concerning his life. Don't forget what God has told you. Don't forget. Don't forget what God has told you. He didn't want him to be absent-minded, because remember what I said in the beginning. Sometimes, just going through trials in life, you just you just forget, right? You just it's an omission. It's it's, it's an omission where you just it just kind of fades into the into the back somewhere back porch of your mind, and somebody has to come back and remind you, hey, you know, you forgot what about what God said, you know. I was there. I heard it when the Lord said, oh, I remember the dream you called me, you told me, and you were so excited that this was happening in your family, and this would breakthrough in your business, and now, you know, what's going on with you? Like, I don't see none of that joy. What's happening? And that, they're just holding you accountable for what they know that um, God is speaking into your life. All right. Wrapping on up, you good people. Um, the Father will only assign to you as you prove to him Um your capacity to stretch out and reach others for him. And that's kind of, that's a long sentence. So I'm going to say it again, but the father will only assign to you as you prove to him your capacity, right? That's why the Bible says make full proof of your ministry. Full proof does not mean just preaching. Okay. It's so much more to ministry than preaching. Um, but, The Father will assign to you as you have the capacity. Remember the Holy Ghost, and I mean, in um, 1 Corinthians 13, I think the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit divides severally as he will, as he knows each person's capacity, as he knows what our limitations are, right? And so that's what God will grace us with. And so say, for instance, with Samuel, check this out, y'all. This is real good. It's gonna bless you. And we get ready to wrap it up. The Lord saw how Samuel was, um, so intent on getting Saul to the finish line, even to the point when Saul said, turn with me. Listen, do y'all remember what this happened? Right. When Saul said, turn with me and worship. Saul, Samuel was hot. I mean, he was really, he had to go and kill the eight. The um, Agag had to cut, cut the man's head off. Like I didn't come here to do this, but he had to go. And he had to finish. Listen to me. Samuel had to finish the work that Saul didn't do. Because God is not changing his mind. If you don't do it, somebody's going to do it. And so Samuel taking responsibility for his his protege says, you know what, just sit down. I got it. I'll do it. <laughs> just I'll do it. Right. Because it's got to be done. And this is what God wants done. And I'm not trying to have those problems. And so Samuel went and got the work done. When Samuel got done, Saul was like, oh, well, you know, the people wanted it and come and worship with me. Because now shame, the folks found out that Samuel finished the the battle. And so shame set in with Saul. And so what did Saul say? Come and worship with me. Samuel was like, no, but he did. He went and worshiped with him, right? And so, but what happened? I forget the conversation. Saul ripped um, Samuel's mantle. That happens, y'all. That's a a book right there. When the person you serve rip rip your mantle. That was a pain. The Bible says Samuel was grieved. You got to read that because, again, he was invested in Saul, even though Saul was a hothead and a whole hot mess, a whole bundle of damaged emotions, like a whole bundle of damaged emotions. But Samuel was committed to that work. And then you got to look at it like this. This was really his first Big prophetic assignment, you know what I'm saying? That was his big prophetic. The king, you get to anoint the king, that was kind of like a big thing. And so, sometimes it can look like I failed, I don't know who I'm talking to, but sometimes when you have been assigned to someone and you know what God told you, Samuel knew what God told him, Elijah knew what God told him, and different ones knew what God told him, even with Elisha and Gehazi. That's a whole nother message. My God, Elisha tried and tried and tried with Gehazi, Gehazi just would not get it right, he just would not get it right. And so, but with Samuel, uh, he was so invested, he was hurt. It hurt him because he felt like I failed. And then if you look into Samuel's life, he didn't have a good relationship with his own sons. That's a whole nother message y'all. Woo, boy, oh boy, oh boy, this is loaded. This stuff is loaded, it's loaded because Samuel was so invested in the work of the ministry that he, and you can look at it like this too, that maybe all of that time he spent with Saul could have been time he spent with his sons. I mean, we can have that conversation, right? Maybe the time that he should have spent investing in his son, uh, um, the time that he spent with Saul should have been spent with his sons because his sons committed great sin. And so you got to think about that. I've got, I'm just saying, put yourself in Samuel's shoes for a minute. Uh, you've got your own children that are not doing well at all. And then you've got the person who you've raised up in the Lord might as well to say, establish him, gave him a vocation, a title and a seat in the kingdom. And he acts a plum fool. So it can almost cause you to feel like, man, maybe it's me. And so sometimes you can have those negative emotions when you're assigned to someone and they don't fulfill their assignment. Be Just be mindful that you don't own that stuff that other people do. Be mindful, don't own what other folks do have done or haven't done, that's not you. And that's why the Lord encouraged Samuel. He said, you know what? Don't worry about it, son. I want you to go down to Jesse's house and I want you to anoint the king. And so what I'm saying here is your ministry has to be proven people of God. Who am I talking to? Your ministry has to be proven. And so there will be times you're going to have some negative experiences in ministry. I can put both hands and feet up, right? You're going to have some very negative experiences in ministry. You're going to have some very hurtful experiences in the ministry, but you don't get to throw in the towel and say, well, that's it. I'm I, I, Y'all on your own. You can't do that. Because there's still a David out there in the the field that's waiting for you because won't nobody else see who they are, but God gifted you and anointed you to be able to identify it and you'll be able to tap into it and raise that person up to be everything God called them to be. But if you allow the pain of a relationship that has gone wrong to shut you down and lock you down, and now I don't trust, that's why I don't trust nobody. That's why I don't deal with nobody. That's why I don't go to church. Well, now who are you really hurting? Because do you think anybody, (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, I love y'all, right? But here we go. You know, Nobody's missing you. I, I know that sounds hard. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. What I'm saying is, when you do that, who's missing you? Who are who are you hurting? When you say, That's it, I'm done, I'm out of here. Guess what? Everybody else picks up and they move on. When Saul got fired, David got hired. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? And so sometimes we it. <laughs> Y'all, whew, do you hear the do you hear the Lord tonight? The Lord is speaking to his people. You know, sometimes we take that, we, we allow these hurts and things to kind of super rule um, what God has told us to do, and then I, I forget it. I ain't doing nothing. Who are you hurting? Like, don't you know the work is still gonna get done? Somebody else is gonna do it. They may not do it like you, but it's gonna get done. You only hurting yourself, right? And so, so with with um with Samuel. God spoke to me and said, Listen, he said, son, and I'm I'm in, in Revelation, right? Son, it wasn't you. And sometimes I knew I know God has had had many conversations with me, like daughter, it wasn't you. you done you about like Jesus. I done sung, I done danced, I made bologna cheese sandwiches. You know, I mean so I'm like, I don't know what else I could have done. And the Lord was like, It was not you. Right, you can't make people do what is not in them. The word here, capacity. Some folk don't have the capacity and you're trying to pour and pour and their little container is this big and you're trying to dump a bucket. It's just not gonna work. You're trying to put a five gallon bucket in into a, 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 a vase. It's not gonna work and you frustrated. Well, why, why you, <laughs> praise God. You get frustrated, right? And and so, but you can't allow the frustration with that to overshadow your job as that prophet in spiritual warfare, the obligation that you have to stand with people or peoples, you understand? You may be assigned to groups of vote and you're like father in heaven, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So you can't allow, because it's gonna happen people, it's in the word of God. I can't make this stuff up. Samuel was hurt. He was hurt over what happened between he and I'm going to wrap it up. I know we're about out of time. He was hurt over what happened with Saul. His children are not walking in, in, in nothing. Then you've got Saul. So you can feel like, man, am I, is it me? What did they say at the table? Master, is it I? I mean, you know, after a while you start wondering like, man, God Almighty, can I do anything right? God help you if you still got those emotions you hadn't got healed of. That stuff is gonna wear you out. And you know, you know what? I'm just gonna sit down. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave. I'm just gonna quit. I'm just gonna because now you found your worth in other people's lack of worth. And you cannot do that. You cannot do that. Okay. So if that has been your thing, I want you tonight to tap back into the Holy Spirit of God. So you know what, God, uh-uh. I'm coming back in Jesus' name. I am not going to stand and be responsible for somebody's lack of capacity, lack of obedience, right? Lack of of, of patience. I I am not going to throw my towel in. I'm not going to sabotage what you have for me. I, I'm not going to be Moses. I don't care how disobedient. Perfect example. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I don't care how disobedient, hard headed. I'm going to the promise. Now you can go, or you can you can not go, but I'm going. And so Moses, the same thing, right? He was married to the work, frustrated. He was married to the work. And so I see you, Pastor Ashton. I'm going to try to wrap it up. He was married to the work, but he lost it, like many people have and are losing it, because you allow the people to pull you down. And you got to rise up again. You got to, you know, you got to see what your capacity is. Right. You got containers in your kitchen. You got little cups. If you like me, you got a bunch of coffee cups, all sizes. There's some that can hold a lot of liquid. There's some that can that's right. Come on, Sean, I ain't striking no rod. Hello. And and you can, you can get frustrated. And so you got to know your capacity. And that this is why some folk run out here and be great, but you don't have the capacity for all that comes with it. You just look, you just a six-ounce cup and you out here trying to run gallons. <laughs> you know, and you wonder why, you know, you got problems because you're, you're out of capacity, you're out of grace. That's not what you, that ain't where you at. Okay. So with, with Moses, he lost it. And there are many folk that have lost it because the people wore them out. You're trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. You're trying to make somebody be great. You God knows, You got a good heart. It's not, again, it's not you. It's not you. It's the people. It's not you. The Lord told Moses. He said, you know what? Why don't I just destroy them and make a great nation out of you? I really like you. Right. (laughs) Moses like, no, God, no, don't do that. But what I'm saying is you have to not internalize other people's failures. And, 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 you know, I'm saying don't don't bury that in your bosom. I don't know who I'm talking to. Don't bury other people's bosom. And I, I hear God, even sometimes your own natural children, don't bury their failures in your bosom. You've raised them, you've trained them, you've done everything God told you to do, praise God, and now they're out there wilding out. Lord, I commit them to you, Father. Chastise them because you love them, just don't kill them. <laughs> learn how to pray. Oh, learn how to pray, honey. So, so wrapping up this good old gospel message tonight, um, you're going to have to prove your capacity. Okay. You're going to have to prove your capacity. Samuel proved his capacity. And even though it didn't work out with Saul, it worked out with David. And then by the time Samuel passed away, Nathan and Gad stepped up because you're going to have those accountability partners. That's why you can't be in the woods all your life. You come on out the woods, find your accountability person, your messenger or who your whoever, so you can do what God's putting you to do. It's just that simple. Okay. Um, so Samuel did. He did a, he, he proved to God, this boy hurt me. I, I've wasted a lot of time with him. But, you know, I'm crying, I'm hurting. The Lord was like, stop, don't even worry about it. Don't stop grieving. Go, go, let me, His next, like my apostle said, the spiritual place called next, right? Um, So you're going to have to prove that, right? To see what your capacity is to reach and and, and embrace people. Um, You're going to have to work on your personality. We talked about Moses. Can't be cursing people and hitting rocks and all of that anger management stuff. Um, You're going to have to deal with that, Okay. And so that's why for some people, it takes them longer to develop and cultivate. And it's okay. I'm a prophet. I ain't ever prophesied. Don't worry about it. it ain't, it's not, believe me, it's not going anywhere. It's, when it's time, it'll be your time, right? Um, if you can, if you're only called to two people. Sure again, all right. I don't know if you all are still there or not, but something terrible just happened with me. Um, <laughs> but at any rate, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. Um, know what your assignment is, work on your capacity, okay? And then um, let God finish the work, let God finish the work. And if one thing doesn't work out with one person, God's got plenty, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the labor's a few. God has plenty of folk that you can go and minister to, all right? So my last scripture, Apostle Peter says, I stir, you up, stir up your pure minds by remembrance. God wants you to remember the things that he has spoken concerning you. Don't forget, it's dangerous to forget, right? What God has promised you. Um, You're gonna have things in life that kind of preoccupy you, but God will place people in your life to remind you and bring you you back in. So you're gonna be good. All right, people of God. We have enjoyed um, this uh, teaching lesson tonight. I know I have. And this is the time to give. And and so as you're giving, we just bless God for the seed that is being sown into the kingdom. And um, we know that God is going to bless you. God is going to reward you. Um, God honors seed principle. Okay. And so um, we don't have to beg. We don't have to beg. We just have to obey. Just obey the principle. That's it. Just obey the principle. And it works. And so we just bless each and every giver um, tonight. And we thank you for um, just sowing into the ministry so that we can um, continue to do what God has called us to do without stress or you know worrying or anything like that. Um, we're going to continue this chapter four next week. And um, again, for those of you that's just that are just coming on, um, we're going to have to we're going to get we're going to be in August with this one because there's a lot. You saw what happened tonight, right? So there's a lot with it, and we're not going to rush through. We're going to take our time and let the Holy Spirit speak to us. So Father, we love you tonight. God, you are just awesome and amazing. Thank you for the time of fellowship. Thank you, Father, for the words of instruction, the words of wisdom. Somebody said the Lord is cutting. Thank you for the rebuke, Lord God, because those you love, you chasten, Lord God. And so thank you. Um, thank you for just reminding us, God, that you have not forgotten about us. Thank you for reminding us that you have not changed your mind, Lord God. And for those that have have, have um uh, forfeited their works and their assignments, God, I pray, I pray this message will be the hook in their job to draw them back in, Lord God, to do to finish the work so that they can hear you say well done so that they can pay it forward and help raise somebody else up God and give impartations and wisdom and things Lord God in the name of Jesus Lord don't let them be weary and well doing you said that we shall reap if we faint not and so God I just release over the people of God tonight a spirit of strength a refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord and God let this word continue to to marinate and 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 um just settle in our spirits and and so God so that we won't sin in this area anymore and we'll walk